Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray that you're going to be blessed by hearing God's word. May you be filled with hope as you believe and trust in Jesus. I have Amy here with me and we've planned out... um, the whole summer in terms of wisdom literature and how we can grow through the Proverbs, learning from the book of Job, Ecclesiastes, and Amy will be back in August to talk about the Song of Solomon. I like to leave that one just to her. Um, That's a joke, you guys. It's a tough crowd today. So... um, This morning, we're going to go to Proverbs a little bit in this series of wisdom literature for everyday life. That's kind of how I phrase. We each come in with different things that we're facing. So over the summer, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about community, we're going to talk about marriage, we're going to talk about contentment, Uh, that'll spill into mental health. But today, because it's Father's Day, we wanted to talk about children. But we know not everyone's a parent, so I'm going to talk a lot about the Father Heart of God, which ministers all the time to each one of us. So, and then Amy's going to come alongside for parents, whether it's little ones, middle ones, big ones, and just give a little bit of practical encouragement. Now, now we are not saying, because we're up here, we're the perfect parents. Actually, we're up here only by the grace of God. That's it. We do have nine children, and we are working on parenting them. Though it seems now they're parenting us as they get older. I don't know older parents if your kids ever tell you what you did right and wrong. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, but we won't, we won't get into that this morning. But wisdom, to me, we learned last week, is a big word... But a big part of wisdom is not only knowing what to do, it's knowing God, the attributes of God, and putting them into everyday life decisions. I heard a quote this week that wisdom is work clothes for everyday situations. And we have to take God and God's thoughts and what is right or wrong and the discernments, what's of what's true and doing it and putting it into life. And so that's our journey this morning or our topic. And maybe, yeah, again, you're not a parent, but as I went through this, to be honest, I was very, very encouraged to think of the Father heart of God And it really was super encouraging for me, and I pray that it will be for you. So we just have five points. I'll say a point, and then Amy will practically just speak a little bit. 
of how it goes uh, to kids. So obviously, if we're looking in Proverbs, you all know the famous verse in Proverbs 22.6, teach a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I don't know, teach, other versions say train, and other versions say direct, but the whole idea is that we should be speaking into children's lives as parents, as a community, and trusting that they will not depart. But one of the things I thought of is God wants us as his children, because he's the perfect father, he wants us to be godly, not just good. And I think we have a problem sometimes in the church that we're looking for good behavior, but we're not looking for godly children. We train for outward things. Make sure you look at someone when you talk to them. Um, don't do that. Do this. Um, that's not right behavior. That's bad behavior. And it seems a lot of what we do is correcting what we deem as wrong, which is important in a child's behavior. But one of the things when I thought of training or directing is God, as our perfect father, wants us to be like him. And it's all about our heart. Amen? When God sees us, he sees our heart first and foremost, and we know that from 1 Samuel. And we look at Proverbs, and sometimes I got a little, you know, you, you hear all the sermons in your mind like, corrector, you know. Um, that, I know I shouldn't think that about Proverbs, but we like had the if-then chart in our bathroom, and it's like one column. If you do this, then here is what you get. And three, well, I won't tell you what was there. I don't want to get in trouble with any organization or anything. Um, but it was so legal at times. And I think our desire was for the heart. But I am so glad that God is all about my heart. See, God's not only about trying to modify my behavior. He's about the heart and a relationship with him. I was struck in chapter 4 of the book of Proverbs uh, in verse 20 and beyond because obviously it, it starts like, listen, my children. If you know Proverbs, the first eight chapters are Solomon speaking to a son or his children like my son, my son, adulterous woman, get away, right, you know, and other proverbs that are given. But in chapter 4, something might be coming to your mind already if, if you know um, proverbs. I know David does because he's a special relationship with Proverbs 4. He's actually memorizing it. But I was struck by this when it says, My children, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. This is the New Living Translation. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I found that so interesting after all his, here's wisdom, here's wisdom, listen to me. 
if it's not penetrating our heart to who we are, it's not effective. Because if we're training or thinking we're being trained by God to become better people, and we miss out on the fact of knowing Christ and what he's done for us, it never leads to joy or satisfaction. And when you see God as the Father, sometimes we see Jesus as love and he died for us. The first thing you need to see is God's love for you as the Father, and he desires a heart relationship with you. And his desire is to train your heart to respond to him. It has to be our deepest motivation. And we have to guard our heart. As his word and his truth of his love for us penetrates, then we guard it. That no one can take it, no thought in the world, no comparing, no, am I worthy because of what I do? I guard that truth of Christ and the cross and his love for me. And I let that train me to be who he's called me to be. It has to start there. And this morning, the foundation in your life, my life, must begin with a father who loves us no matter what. Amen. And if you come in here thinking you're unlovable or you did this or that or my life has ended up here, I didn't want it, you need to know you are worthy and you are loved. And that's God loving you by sending his son for you. And in that act, yet while you are a sinner, he demonstrated his love. Hold the phone. I'm a father, and there's certainly times, certainly I love, but it wanes a bit. (laughs) What are you doing? Right? I'm just being honest. Of course, my love never dissipates, but you can't look at God as you look at your human father, period. Okay? You have to look at what his word says of who he is. And it's crucial to have that foundation, the cross, and let it sit deep in your heart. And the greatest training or directing or teaching is that truth in us. And it changes everything. And into our life, Amy and I had to spend, I think it was Tuesday morning, counseling each other, remembering we are worthy not because of what we do, but because of God and what he's done. It's a battle every day. But let's train ourselves in the Father heart of God. That was point number one, a little expansive. Do we understand? Because everything flows out of that. Amen? And we had to take it from our head to our heart, right? Because the lies, the lies, the lies. We just went through the book of Galatians in upset. I get to Barbara Streisand. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's good. We didn't really rehearse um, before this, but uh, just listening to Dan, that verse that he shared was what my father shared with me when I was 18 years old. That um, I was to guard my heart with all all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life, and and I didn't understand it, but I'm thankful to uh, have him share that. So yes, uh, as parents, so I'm speaking specifically to those of us that have, um, yeah, been given the guardianship of little hearts. And I definitely can say I struggled with this aspect of, uh, I remember Ted Tripp or someone did a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart, which is an excellent book. But um, yeah, it's it's a, a different ball game when you're actually living it out day and day. So, but just quickly, my practical ways of um, of shepherding a child's heart is first and foremost using God's word uh, for me. And as Dan was saying, we had this if-then chart, but it was scripture-based um, as much as it seemed. Uh, yeah, the because God's word is truth, and so first and foremost, we as parents need to know it. We need to be soaking in it, meditating on it, and memorizing it. And I encourage you to do that as a family with your children. Um, we did that, and uh, yeah, it's still there uh, in their hearts. And then God's word is truth. So as you as you keep his word first and foremost in your home, uh, that truth is getting to their hearts. And the second thing I wrote is just God's word is grace. And I think this is the part that I struggled with a little bit more. Um, God's word is grace. That I need to, to know that for myself as a parent in my heart. I needed to receive it into my heart and believe it in my heart. And then also impart it to my children. And I, I uh, and practice it with them. And I learned this after I was done raising children. But I had a very wise mother show me a little um, practical way to just restart with your kids um and she she called it restart so when they mess up yeah we want to train them we want to train their heart but god's heart is a heart of grace so it's an opportunity to restart not just uh, to to pay the penalty for something i've done wrong but to realize god's grace at that at that moment realize god's grace and to realize that he gives us a second chance and he does that with us as parents and he does that with our children. So that was really um, a restart. Like, okay, we're going down the wrong path. Let's change direction. Uh, that's a practical thing you can do, especially with little ones. I guess when they get older, they don't really want to. Um, <laughs> they don't want you pushing their nose and saying, time for a restart. Um, yeah. Anyway. But it's, yeah. All right. I just lost my notes. So let me go back. Yeah. Okay, so God's word is truth. God's word is grace. And, uh, yeah, training in truth is the time for restart, not a time for condemnation and shame in their lives. Um, don't focus solely on their behavior, and that's what Dan was talking about at the beginning, um, which is easy to do because that's, like, what you're dealing with day in and day out is behavior. And um, But uh, ask God to see the heart of each child and to know how to shepherd the chart, the heart of each child. So, yeah, just a couple of practical things. God's word, preeminent in your home. Use it as truth, but use it as grace. And those would be my practical parenting tips. Yeah, just you might have older kids. I see teenagers, young adults. This doesn't change. 
I think it becomes more important as they get older. If you're going to look at them in condemning judgment when they mess up, you're going to hurt the relationship. This is really important. You have an opportunity to present Christ to them when they come broken to build them back up. So this isn't just two-year-olds. This is 22-year-olds. And our response is crucial to their development. And it's easy to be like, oh, I told you so. Like, oh, it doesn't work. And shame, devil wants to use shame to destroy lives. And we don't want to be the channel of shame, but the channel of grace. And I think it's harder, (laughs) you know, because there's Bob, young kids, young problems, old kids, old problems. It's not really problems, it's life. There's just more of life when you get older. When you're young, it's narrow, right? And you're going to have those times where you're really going to be like, what? But to show them God's love, especially if they're desiring to come to you, it's an opportunity. Just remembering my dad, it's my first Father's Day without him, but he always used to say, and when you, you parent, don't knock your kids down. The world will. You have to be there to pick them up. And how true is that? And that's God our Father, right? Okay, so this is all great to talk about love. <laughs> but Proverbs 3.11, the second point, is God does set boundaries and he does discipline us. Why? Because he loves us. Now, this is the father heart of God for me. And there is uh, probably a part of the church that says, oh, no, we can't discipline anyone anymore. That's not God's word. Amen. No way. Proverbs 311, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. If the foundation is love. One of the greatest flow of that love is honest, loving correction. This is also quoted in Hebrews 12. It's just not a Proverbs thing. But we live in a day and age where discipline and correction is almost frowned upon. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, sometimes, why don't modern parenting says, let's just have a discussion about it. Let's try to philosophize why you should eat your vegetables before it's time for bed. Can I understand? Can I can I explain to you the health benefits of asparagus so that you will eat them so that we can move on with the rest of our evening? (laughs) You laugh at me. This is no joke. And unfortunately, this in some ways our society has thrown loving discipline and boundaries out the window. They believe it's cruel. But the reality is we're cruel to our children if we don't set boundaries. Hello, come on. And forget about parenting. Have you ever been caught sinning? Okay, no one has but me. I know you're all thinking like, oh yeah, well. There are times when I look back, that God has been so gracious to, to allow me to be caught that he could lovingly show me that I was on the wrong path. And God is so faithful and he loves us in his gentle correction. 
And the best lessons I've learned in life actually probably have been when I have been caught. And God has been so faithful. Proverbs 29:19 words alone will not discipline a servant. The words may be understood, but they are not heeded. The word of God has many warnings because God our Father so loves us, he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. And so he shows us a better way. Amen. God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to get hurt. May we heed his discipline and his truth in his word. Amen. Amen. All right, parents. Um, yeah, the law is a good teacher. It, it uh, shows us that we need help, and the Bible speaks of that. So the law is our tutor that help, shows us that we need a savior. So the law is a good teacher. So use the law when you're training God's law. As Dan alluded to, we had this chart because um, it just, for me, made it more easy just to, and not that I used it to the, as the law all the time, but if you, if you steal something from someone in the home, this is your consequence. This is, and it just brought um, these boundaries that we set. They knew what was expected of them um, from a young age, and then, um, yeah, and then there was a consequence. But again, there's always room for grace um, in each circumstance. Be consistent is probably the hardest thing to do as a parent. Um, is our consistency because we're just not. <laughs> It's not consistent. We struggle with that. So um, there's grace for us, but as much as possible, be consistent with uh, with the rules of your home. Keep them simple. Like don't have 25 different things. I think maybe five that are real. Like this just does. This is how we're running our home. Keep it very simple, and make sure that that the kids understand um, as as you're going along. Uh, yeah, what's expected. So keep it simple. Um, and then again, discipline changes as they get older. I'm not disciplining my 13-year-old like I disciplined her when she was six. Um, it, yeah, make sure, don't stick with the if-then chart into, <laughs> into the teen years. Um, the, as kids grow older, discipline changes. Make sure to be seeking the Lord. Be on the same page as parents, too. I didn't have that in my notes, but make sure that you and your husband... Um, or your spouse are on the same page. Like if he he feels strongly about something, then I need to, um, and I feel strongly about it another way, we need to come to a conclusion together and be, because the kids will definitely turn you on each other if they can. So uh, yeah, be consistent and change your discipline as they get older. Children, uh, it's different than teens and then young adults, they're on their own, yeah. <laughs> And that's, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, my encouragement. But, yeah, the law is a good teacher because it shows us all that we need a Savior. Number three, um, we'll just dip back into Psalm 139. Probably most of you know that we are all uniquely and wonderfully made. Isn't that amazing? There's no two of you alike um, in this room. And we've talked about God's amazing grace for us. 
and his heart as the father heart of God. But I just want to move on that because I was thinking in Ephesians and how we're unique and different and special that God's heart for everyone in this room, he's prepared good works for you to walk in. He knows who you are and he sees your gifts and he wants to use you for his glory. And I think it's absolutely incredible because sometimes we have a picture of God that pushes us down or we don't want to steal glory from God. And yeah, it is always about God. But we fail to realize at times, and this set me free, that as I walk in my gift and do good things that he's prepared for me, he gets the glory. And you have a father. And I. this is tough. In heaven, who's trying to train your heart, he sets boundaries, but he so wants you to succeed for his glory. He's not after you. He wants you to be successful in the truth of who he is and his word and walking. He knows that you're unique and special, each one of you. And that is so important to understand. I love how God knows us and wants us to get um, to that place of these good works. I just see how maybe he talked to Mary and Martha when Lazarus dies. I don't know if you ever looked at that, but he responded them completely different to who they were. See, like Martha, it was an intellectual discussion about the resurrection. And Mary, he just balls with her. But to the point to see them become, in the midst of this tragedy, who they were called to be. You know, Proverbs does, does say, without vision, and, and I'm kind of playing with the verse a bit, but I think with the rest of Scripture, the people perish. And I think one of the things God wants us to do is realize who we are in Him, and then He wants us to have this idea of where we're going as we walk with him for his glory. My the Christian high school where I teach, I even started them off this year trying to determine their spiritual gifts. And what do you think you're gifted in? And then we had the class pray for them and to come alongside them and say, yeah, we, we see this in you. And we want to encourage and pray for you. We want to see you succeed in how God has made you. And I think that's our Heavenly Father to us. No matter how you come in here, beaten, bruised, feeling unusable, I don't have any gifts, what am I supposed to do? God sees you and loves you. And it's prepared amazing things for you. Now, amazing, don't define that in human terms. Define that in God's terms. And he, he's just there cheerleading for you. And I've said before, my life changed once because every time I did something good, I was afraid I was stealing God's glory. That's like I had that pounded into me over and over. And even when I started the church, people would say, don't you know this isn't your church? I was like, ah. I know, I know. But then if someone said thank you to me for a sermon, I'd feel guilty. 
like I was stealing God's glory until someone said to me, if your son and you were doing something together, you were watching him or he got a good grade or he did something well for God's glory, would you be up there with a frown on your face? Like, I can't believe he's taking the shilky name and succeeding. I said, do you know that God is thrilled when we do well for him? Do you know that this morning? What is your picture of the Father heart of God? Do you see him behind you to operate and work in all that you've been made to do for him? He's cheering you on. You're unique. You're his child. You are loved. But don't stop there. Step into all that he's prepared for you to do. Amen? Yes, and we can be that true leading voice in our kids' lives as parents. And that's what we're called to do. And I probably struggled with this too, similar to Dan. Like, um, yeah, but each child is unique. Um, so beware comparing one to another, especially in a large family. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to, uh, yeah. It's hard to keep up with each uniqueness, but they are all unique. Um, beware of comparing. Encourage their gifts. Um, one thing that came to mind for me was Hebrews 11, with the Hall of Faith, where God the Father shares about his children, and he shares, he shares all the positive things, all their faith, all their acts of faith. He doesn't share how they failed in Hebrews 11, and that really struck me. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, because I've been caught sharing, oh, they failed here or here, or thinking about their failures more than what they've done well. And so that's a trap as parents. Like, we need to take God's lead in that. He, in Hebrews 11, shares their good character traits, not their bad. Um, And then the other point, finally, was just, um, well, two more points. Uh, Let others have input. Um, We have a wonderful community around us, a church community, uh, a local community, teachers, coaches, people around that can help encourage your kids' gifts. So, you know, use the resources that we have as parents around us. And then um, my final point was let go as they grow. Um, yeah, we want to cheer them on and, and then send them out. And, uh, and part of that sending out is, is letting go. And, um, yeah, if they choose a career path that you're like, oh, I don't know about, yeah, you, you still encourage them um, to follow the Lord and whatever they choose as they grow into young adults. Arrows aren't meant to stay in the backpack. you got to shoot them out, right? We love them right here, but we we got to let them go. And we had thought of that. We had an old friend, Ralph. He said, with your kids in regards to that, just unfold them. Don't mold them. Don't make them what you think they should be. Make them what God made them to be. Amen? Yeah, that was... uh, I love that that word. I remember arguing with him, and boy, I felt like an idiot after. But anyways, young and zealous parent who knew probably next to zero but fourth just two more to go and we'll make this one short all of some of us have had bad experiences with our fathers um, and even if you had a great father sometimes satan uses your dad's failure and you know <laughs> as your kids get older I, 
I've shared before, sometimes you get these letters from YWAM. I forgive you. I'm like, oh no, what did we do? They don't tell us what, but I can fill in the blank pretty well. Anyways, do you know that the Father heart of God and who he is, and I love this, you have no fear. Jesus, who's the perfect example of God, is the perfect example of a father in our lives. And that is so comforting. And oftentimes we see Proverbs, if you do this, you get this, like trust in the Lord, right? With all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding, and he will direct you. He will show you. So like the proverb, it's a way for like, oh, that's so tough. Do I know anyone who's trusted God all the way? And can I do that? That's so hard. But Jesus did. Amen? And we can look to him no matter our experience in life with our own father and understand that he is the perfect example of wisdom in working clothes when he lived on this earth. You can follow him, as Paul said, I imitate Christ, you follow me. So good. You looking for a role model? You looking for the perfect dad? Look no further to Jesus Christ and how he walked on this earth. God has not left us alone as orphans, but he's given us the Holy Spirit to speak of Jesus, to speak into our lives of what we should do. Amen? He's amazing, isn't he? So good. All right, so I think this point was uh, was sort of the little saying, more is caught than taught in parenting. And I did a lot of teaching when they were little and probably didn't model the best. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, letting God, uh, if, as I as a parent, uh, follow Jesus and am corrected by him and all this stuff that Dan has been sharing about, the father heart for me, I have to be doing that first, that work first. Um, then I am, my kids can follow me. Uh, the old saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, is very true. Um, be godly if you want your kids to be godly. You, I, even this year, I was struggling with uh, thoughts uh, with a kid, like, oh, how do I help them? How do, they do, how do I do this? And the Lord was just like, you follow me. You just keep walking, and you let me purify your heart first, and then... <laughs> worry about that your child so that was just a good discipline for me from the lord is that he wants me to follow him and to to uh, learn from him and be teachable i was just thinking of the word let in scripture let this mind be in you the word let in scriptures there oftentimes and let uh, is to me says i need to be teachable I, so as a parent, be teachable, even from your children, which is really humbling. But there's times when they can say things and, and uh, you are like, wow, you're, you're right, <laughs> which is really hard to say. But, um, yeah, they, it's true. Um, so be teachable, model, and practice humility, which goes along with my last point. Be willing to say, I'm sorry. Be willing to say, forgive me. I, I was wrong in this circumstance as a parent, um, which, is, which is very hard because, um, yeah, there's a fine line. You don't want your kids thinking you're a doormat and that they can just, they're always right. 
But um, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, be willing to go to your children and apologize and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Um, and that will model humility to them, and hopefully they will catch on to that humility and be willing to be humble as well. A couple of years ago or four years, we were in Winnipeg, and someone prophesied over us that we look in the mirror and saw ourselves, and there were some cracks, and the cracks were being healed or fixed. And, and Carl didn't even know us, that as you focus on Christ and are healed, so will your home be. And I, we've never for, forgot that. When it's easy to look at everyone else, we need to look at ourselves and God's work in us. Finally, just the Father heart of God. Um, you ever want to say, well, who in the world is praying for me? You ever think that to yourself? I have a prayer letter. I send it out, and there's lots of people I send it out to every week. And there's some points during the week, honestly, I'll write the next week and I say, I felt somebody was praying for me. I'll be like in the drive-thru and just a sense that, man, someone is like lifting me up in prayer. And it's such a special feeling in other times where you're just like, I hope somebody's praying for me. Here's the news with the Father heart of God. He's praying for you right now. I often tell my kids, and I'm serious, I'm praying for you, I pray for you daily. And that's a commitment I make to them. And I'm very serious about it. It's not like I go on to long rants. Sometimes it's lifting their name up. Sometimes it's through the day thinking of them. But I make it a priority. And I'm a failure. God is praying for you right now. Jesus is thinking of you. We know this from Romans 8.34 and Hebrews 7.25. We know that Jesus is interceding for us in eternity. We know that Jesus interceded for Peter and protected him from the devil's schemes. We know in John 17, Jesus said, I prayed for these. I prayed for these disciples, right? I don't know about you, but to know that Christ Jesus is thinking about me right now and is interceding for me is an amazing incredible thought. No matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is calling out for you right now. And if you're not encouraged leaving this place, wake up. That Christ is interceding for you and for I. Man, that's why we worship and celebrate, right? Like, so good. All right, and parents, uh, yeah, when they're little, finds, it's hard to find time to pray. You're sort of shooting out those desperate prayers, like, Lord, help, lots of times. Um, and, yeah, when you do pray, you fall asleep. But uh, prayer is the most effective thing we can be doing for our children, um, pray for and with them, even if from the time they're little. Um, you're modeling how to pray um, as you pray out loud with them. Um, most difficult to do, lots to crowd it out, but it connects your kids to Christ. Make it your go-to. I think this took a little while for me, but just practicing the presence of God throughout the day, acknowledging that he's there. I used to even have a little beep on my watch that went off every hour. And when it beeped, I would think of God. And I would be like, oh, yeah, 
no matter what I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm whatever I was doing, I would be like, yeah, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're with me. Just acknowledging his presence. And then as we do that throughout the day, it's our go-to. Like prayer is our go-to because we're so aware that he's with us in every circumstance, every every second of the day. We, I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but I get very focused on the task I'm doing. And so I forget. So make it your go-to, acknowledge God's presence in everyday life, and then intercede for your kids. It was interesting, one time I was interceding for my kids, and the Lord started ministering to me as a parent and saying, just rest your head on my lap. He was like, I'm your father, just let me take care of you. Because I can get caught up in worrying about everybody else and, and uh, praying for them, and there's a lot to pray for. But let him minister to you in prayer. Let him be your father. Let him... Yeah, comfort you, as we talked about at the beginning. It's Father's Day, and uh, he is your father. He will he will bring you everything you need um, as a parent. So that's my encouragement to you with prayer. Okay, one last thing to parents. You ever not sleep because you're thinking about your kids? Maybe you're a good sleeper, not a problem. There will be nights where I'm thinking... I'm Mr. Fix-It in my mind. Not in real life, but you think, yeah, I'm going to fix it. There are times when you pray, let it go. Do you trust God? This is a lesson for all of us in prayer. You've said it. You've fought. You've wrestled. Now you let it go. and You don't let it go into anxiousness. And this could be for kids. This could be for your parents. This could be for life. This can be for work. This could be for marriage. There's a point, once you've wrestled and you've prayed, you let it go. Because we trust God. Amen? That last thing, this is the greatest thing you can do for your children. And it's not something, no matter their age, that we should take lightly. We can do stuff with them, really important. We can teach them really important but we need to be praying for them and Jesus is doing that for us amen amen I just want to now finish prayer we're going to take communion but I felt really strongly this morning we need to pray for people who struggle with the father heart of God these things you just know in your head they don't go to your heart We need to pray for dads to live this way. And I feel very strongly we need to pray for people who are carrying baggage about their father and haven't forgiven their dads this morning. You got to let go. I'm not saying you got to be their best buddy, but you cannot carry the baggage anymore. It's time to let it go and leave it at the cross. Amen. So, Lord Jesus, I believe that no one is here by accident. Whether you're here this morning and you think it was good or bad, I don't really care. Because I know each of us needs to know the Father heart of God. We need to know the love of God his hatred of sin and boundaries. We need to know 
that he desires for you to grow in him and be used for him. We need to look to you. And we need to know that you are praying for us. So Holy Spirit, would you penetrate these thoughts into our heart, everyone in this room, whether it's a reminder or not. God, would you guard these things? I pray for the fathers in this room, whether you have a newborn infant, a toddler, a teenager, a young adult, adult, may you be encouraged that the Holy Spirit lives in you and I and we can be like Jesus. We are not powerless. It doesn't matter the mistakes we've made. We're not living in condemnation. It is a new day and we can live with the power that you have given us to be the fathers that you have called us to be. So I pray a spirit of encouragement, a release of hope upon fathers to be who they've been called to be. We live in an epidemic of fatherlessness in our world. Lord, may you use the dads in this room to be like you. And finally, as we prepare to celebrate communion, some of us are living in agony and pain because of what our fathers have done. And in no way do we justify sin here, from little things to big things. But Lord, would you help us to forgive You gave us the great example of forgiving those who are crucifying you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So this morning, we forgive. We release. Yeah. Bring forth life and joy in the truth the work of the cross this morning. We are not a slave. We don't have to carry anything around. We are free in the forgiveness and what Jesus has done for us. We're going to celebrate this morning. The elements are in the back. Joel's going to sing. Would you worship and think of the Father heart of God this morning and let it minister to you. And if there's something you need to share with him, I encourage you to do that and see the work of Christ and the cross. If you need prayer for anything, brothers at the back, ladies, Amy will be there. We'd love to pray for you. Any need, we're here to worship the Lord. Let's do that together.
for joining us for this message this morning. If you'd like more information about Northgate, you can find us on the internet at northgateministry.com. We'd love to hear from you and have a great week.